Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today pre-market podcast. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Tuesday, the 3rd of October. And as usual, with all the information contained in this podcast, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas, or insights in this podcast. All right. Well, of course, it's RBA Day today with the first meeting under the leadership of Michelle Bullock due to announce the rate rise, pause or fall at 2.30 this afternoon. Of course, most analysts and economists at the moment are predicting another pause from the RBA this afternoon at 2.30. So all eyes will be on that today. As far as the scores on the doors go, and let's run through them, the Dow Jones fell 74 points. 0.22%, 33,433, had a low of 288 points down and a high of plus four. We did see the markets in the US rally into the close. Now, the US markets now close at 7 a.m. Australian time. And the NASDAQ up 88 points or 0.67%, 13,308. The S&P 500 was unchanged, 42.88. And the VIX volatility index up a mere 0.5 of a percent, 17.61. However, the ASX SPY 200 futures took a real bashing last night, down 1.4%, 96 points off its lows, but still pretty nasty. We did see a 15-point lower on the index yesterday on the ASX 200. It was a pretty quiet day given New South Wales, Queensland and South Australia were on holidays, down 0.22%, 7,033 resources outperforming, banks struggling yesterday. And I suspect the reason for the 96-point fall on the SPY was that banks in the US uh, had a bit of a nasty old night. JP Morgan down 0.9%, Bank of America though down 2.5%, Wells Fargo down 3.1. Goldman Sachs down 1.6%. Morgan Stanley down 1.5%. Citigroup down 1.5% as well. Deutsche in Europe down 3.2%. Barclays down 2%. And UBS used to be smart down 1.2%. Given our banking sector is such a massive part of the index, around 25 to 30% for the big four, then it's easy to understand why we are seeing that 96.4% fall in the SPY overnight given the losses in U.S. banks. Looking at 10 years in the U.S., well, it was all about bond yields once again. Bonds falling, yields rising. U.S. 10 years, 4.685. Two years, 5.10. Aussie 10 years, 4.599. Two years, 4.165. So those yields really pushing higher, uh, higher for longer, of course, now seems to be the established mantra as far as the uh, rhetoric goes on the marketplace and from economists around the globe. Higher for longer. So that's certainly really infecting the US. But as I said, the Dow did rally into the close. So not such a bad day on the Dow, but certainly a bad day in the spy overnight. As far as uh, things coming out of the US, uh, October, of course, can be a good month. But we've also seen the odd hiccup along the way in October. We had the Russell 2000 down 1.6% as well. That's now down 0.3% 
for the year. Uh, it's the first time the index has turned negative uh, for 2023. That's always thought of as a better indicator of the U.S. economy. Uh, the U.S. 10-year yields, though, of course, 4.7% at its session highs. That's the highest level since October 2007. So this was despite uh, the fact that the U.S. government shutdown uh, was averted due to that last-minute deal. But certainly uh, no real good news coming out of the U.S. last night. Uh, we did see a U.S. banking survey as well showing volume and demand down with tighter credit conditions. That certainly helped push the U.S. banking stocks down as well. And it wouldn't be as much fun if we didn't have uh, a Federal Reserve Vice Chair for Supervision, Michael Barr, saying that he sees higher interest rates staying in place for an extended period of time, just in case anybody was having any uncertainty about that. In other headlines, uh, Goldman Sachs are saying strong earnings will reverse decline in the mega-cap tech stocks. And investors say the worst for Chinese property crisis has yet to come. Over in Europe, we had some UK final manufacturing PMI steady at weak levels. And the Eurozone unemployment still at its lowest level in August, 6.4%. So that is something. In commodities last night, let's go to the commodities. We had Brent crude down 1.7%. We are seeing that oil price under pressure has had a pretty big run. Uh, off around $1.6, $1.60. The WTI price off nearly 2 bucks, 2.2% down, 88.76. The gold price continues to be pressured down $21.30 or 1.15%. Platinum tumbling as well, down 2.9%. Silver, well, there you go. You got the silver down 4.9%. Looking at base metals, LME copper down 2.6%. Not a very nice night in copper at all uh, last night. Uh, the copper market swinging to a surplus of 213,000 metric tonnes in the first half of 2023. Nickel, uh, one of the better ones, up 0.6%. Aluminium down 0.8%. Zinc down 2.2%. Lead down 1.4%. And tonn down 1.9%. Meanwhile, of course, Asian markets pretty much closed uh, well, a lot of holidays with China's Golden Week kicking off last week. Iron ore slightly easier. We had coal slightly easier as well. Uh, lithium unchanged there. Looking at commodity stocks overseas, BHP in ADR terms was down 1.7%. Rio down 1.5%. Glencore down 1.3%. Freeport down 1.7%. Uh, we had Albemarle down 4.5%. Sigma Lithium down 6.5%. And Livent down 5.3%. Oil stocks eased as well. ExxonMobil down 1.7%. And Shell down 0.9%. The Aussie dollar, 63.63, uh, down around 1%. Back off that 64.5% level that we have seen in the last few days. Bitcoin having a bit of a rally, up 3.6%. There are a number of digital currency ETFs being admitted to the market. So uh, maybe that was the reason why we saw uh, that uh, rise in Bitcoin. There's a Bitwise Ethereum strategy, Bitcoin and Ether equal weight strategy. These are all US ETFs. These are Ether future ETFs uh, hitting the market. So there's many more ways to bet. That is the right word on cryptocurrency movements. All right. Well, let's turn to our market now.
Some of the headlines today, we've got Delta Lithium updates its Mount Ida inferred and indicative mineral resource estimate to 14.6 million tonnes at 1.2% lithium oxide. Uh, John's Ling Group has been initiated a hold at Jefferies. A target is $6.50, which is 1% downside from where it is. CPU, computer share to sell its US mortgage services business, CLSUS to Rhythm Capital for $720 million. Uh, St. Barbara has reported commencement of the 3,000-meter RC drilling program. That's reverse circulation drilling at Pinjin South. Uh, Mader Group has been initiated by, with a high risk, uh, Unified Capital Partners. Clean up on aisle four for Endeavour, as it has asked City and Jardin to help with the task of cleaning up the company uh, with its difficult dispute at the moment with uh, its shareholder Bruce Matheson, who's also causing trouble at Star as well, not backing the recent 60 cent funding there. However, it will all be about the RBA this afternoon, 2.30, widely expected to keep cash rates unchanged at 4.1%. There will be a bit of an interest in how phrasing goes, I guess, in the new Bullock era. And what she and the board is going to be focusing on, of course, Michelle Bullock has been the deputy governor for some time. She has spent her entire career at the RBA. She started as an intern 40-odd years ago. So a long and illustrious career for Michelle. And uh, we will see if anything really changes at the RBA this afternoon. So that will be the focal point. But 96 points down on the spy, not a good look. I suspect the banks are going to be the trouble spot today, although resources will not escape by any stretch of the imagination. But certainly uh, it was probably pretty quiet overnight in terms of volume on that spy. And given the US did have a little bit of a rally into the close, things might not be quite so bad. But uh, obviously uh, it has got potential to go a little sideways. That's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day. And as always, may the trading gods be with you.